1: He is a strength and conditioning coach with Big Iron Sports Performance. Zach, welcome.
0: Hi, how are you?
1: Well, I'm doing great, and I am excited to get to talk to you today because I understand physical fitness has just been a part of your life since you were young.
0: Yeah, it has been. Um, I've loved sports and working out all of my life, but started. Really, when I was a little kid, I played almost every sport available in the community at the time. I grew up playing baseball, kind of the spring and all summer. I played soccer in the fall until I was old enough to play tackle football. Then I changed to that. In the winter, I played basketball. And then I just participated in all kinds of sports, whether that was I had like a junior set of golf clubs that there were a few weeks in the year where I'd be out hitting golf balls all the time just because our family had a little memorial four-man scramble, so I had to get ready for that. Recess, uh, most like my friends I met in first grade, we played sports all year long, whether uh, baseball, football, basketball. And it's just something I really liked. And some things that kind of helped shape that foundation is I still say the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta, Georgia is still my favorite Olympics. It's the first Olympics I can remember watching, but I just remember being kind of mesmerized by all the sports out there and just all the athletic feats. And one person I remember in particular is a man named Mark Henry. Uh, Mark Henry is probably a little bit more famous because he ended up being a professional wrestler in the WWE. So he might be more famous for that. But at the time he had come up, he was a powerlifter, very famous for his strength. And then he transitioned to the sport of weightlifting like they have in the Olympics, which is the snatch and the clean and jerk. And he was the USA's heavyweight. And I remember them doing a little just a little story on him during the competition because I mean, he's a huge guy. He might be like six, six feet, six foot one, but he I think he weighed 400, over 400 pounds for sure. I can't remember the exact weight, but they did a little profile on him because he had set a record being the heaviest person to ever dunk a basketball. And I thought that was pretty cool. And then um, just kind of growing up, just seeing different things on like whenever the Rocky movies would come on TV, I'd watch those. And when you see Rocky training, whether that's just running through the streets of Philadelphia and the earlier ones, or where he's out in the Soviet Union chopping wood and running through the snow, I mean, it's just something I was always like, oh man, that looks so cool. There's something I must have to do, and then. I mean, there are other things too. Like I come home. I mean, I watched all kinds of sports, but some of the fringe sports that you don't really see a lot on TV, like you'd see reruns of the world's strongest man competition on ESPN right after school. I'd watch those and just kind of shaped. Like I knew, I knew working out was something I wanted to do and is something that I knew would help with my sports um, abilities. When I got to high school, Another person who shaped me was my football coach, Colby Knight. Um, He ran, we had basically weight training classes that he taught, and I took all of them. And in his class, I actually learned you could become a strength and conditioning coach. And so that was something when I left high school, I knew I wanted to do. And when I went to the University of Utah, I got involved with that. Graduated with a degree in exercise and sports science. And while I was there, I ended up meeting my weightlifting coach, Mike Waller. And I started competing in the sport of weightlifting. And I also got to learn under great coaches at Utah by doing voluntary internships with the strength conditioning staff. So I was able to work with a lot of different athletes of different sports and help them out. When I finished at Utah, I went to Utah State. I was a graduate assistant strength and conditioning coach. I worked with the track and field throwers and the gymnastics team, and I helped out with all the other sports when I was there. I worked under Evan Simon, who is an amazing strength and conditioning coach. Um, i learned a whole lot about coaching during that experience and I ended up graduating with my master's of education in health, physical education, and recreation. When I finished at Utah State, I decided that even though I love, I, I love working with athletes. It's probably like my favorite thing, but the college field, I feel like it was awesome, but I could do more impact. Like I want to impact like the youth. And that's kind of why I was more interested in just because I remember being in high school. It's like how many, how many high school students are out there like myself who want to work hard, maybe have a shot, maybe don't have a shot, but they just want to better themselves physically and just see what their body can do. And so I ended up doing some personal training for a couple of years and that was good. I'm similar to what I do now. And one of my personal training clients end up giving me an opportunity or gave me a link to a job. And the last six years, I taught weight training at Juan Diego Catholic High School. So just every day, all I taught is like a full full full-time PE teacher. All the classes I had were weight training. And it was very fun. I worked with high school students in grades nine through 12. I did volunteer time to where some of the students in the middle school on campus came in and I was able to work with them. And during this time too, I also, I also learned more about football. I was able to be part of legendary coach, John Colosmo's football coaching staff and I was able to experience the joys of a successful program with that. And I was also able to be part of Coach Chase House's track and field staff. I coached jumps for two years. And that was a new experience because I'd actually never competed in track and field before. Didn't really have that experience. I just kind of looked at it like um, being a strength and conditioning coach, you're trying to teach movement and you're trying to connect the movement, you, like you watch the sport, you look at the demands of the sport, and you sit there and think, how how can I get these exercises? What exercises will give the biggest transfer to better performance of that sport? So that's kind of how I approached coaching the jumpers. I just kind of analyze the sport and then just kind of look at the best techniques and then tried to get that out of my jumpers. And then I decided this last year even though I enjoyed teaching that I just wanted to kind of get out of the teaching profession and just focus on a job where I could just straight up coach and not worry about the grading or any of the other stuff that comes with teaching so I started big iron sports performance in June that's what I've been doing ever since I've been I my goal is mainly to work with youth athletes and I do have some of those but really that's not the only people I work with I I love working with all people of all ages as long as they are interested in trying to improve themselves and get better physically I can help them out so that's who I work with
1: you know I think anyone talking to you can tell that you love sports and being athletic and being physically active, but it isn't for the glory of winning. It sounds to me like you enjoy that process. It's the the process. It's the, you know, you, you use the term physical literacy. Can you explain what you mean by that?
0: Yeah, I think physical literacy is something that if people embraced it, could definitely have a positive impact on their lives. I look at physical literacy. I mean, it's come it comes traditionally from physical education where they look at kind of your competence in performing different movements and being physically literate that way. And I'd say it's still, that's where the majority of that comes from. And I, I kind of look at physical literacy too. When you look at it in that way, it's kind of like looking at a student in first grade. They have a verbal literacy or written literacy. And if you ask them to write a paper on something, they can do a little bit, but it's not going to be as good of a paper as someone in high school, might write right? Who has a greater base of words to use. They can use different kinds of punctuation, can have different sentence structure. And with all of this, they produce a lot better detailed paper. And I feel like the same thing with physical literacy. If you are inactive all of your life, then you don't have a whole lot of movement skills to work with. And if you, especially if you're getting into sport, if you are very inactive or you only did one sport your entire life, then you get put in a situation where you're maybe outside of how your body's ever moved. And then because of that, you don't perform as well and you're actually more susceptible to injury. And to kind of go off of that, I actually just read a review paper that came out last year in the journal sports medicine. And in the review paper, they were kind of trying to put together a theoretical model and they were looking at research from the health field as well to come up with this model and physical literacy actually is well correlated with kind of how you feel like what makes you happy but also what you're willing to participate in and even like your social life it can improve your confidence and the more physically literate you are the more likely you are to be active because you're not afraid to be, or you know how to do things. So it's not like I've never done that activity before. I don't want to try it because I don't want to look silly in front of people. And so because you know how to do more things, you're, you just feel like you are more like you have more confidence essentially. And that fear of failure which isn't bad. Failing is good as how we learn, but you'll notice in a lot of subjects, not just physical activity, people don't want to participate if they think they're going to fail in front of everybody. And so, the greater your physical literacy is, just the better you, you will be as far as becoming active. And thus, the more active you are, the better your health will be.
1: Well, I know I've noticed myself that athletes are. You know, they're they're more graceful. They move with, their movements are more fluid. But it goes beyond that, uh, beyond the just moving easily and gracefully. It sounds like it goes much deeper than that. It seems to me that their overall health would be better.
0: Yeah. Um, for the most part, I definitely agree with that. And I mean, you see countless studies showing that the greater activity levels you have, the less chance of having cardiovascular disease, the more muscle mass you have. So for instance, older people, to use them as an example, as they get older, they go through what's called sarcopenia, which is a decrease in muscle mass. And because they have that decreased muscle mass, their strength decreases, their ability to do activities of daily living decreases, and their power goes down. And actually, a lot of the falls that the elderly experience are related to power. And if you're not able to be strong and can kind of react quickly, that's when you end up falling and breaking a hip and Stuff like that. So, I mean, so cardiovascular diseases, sarcopenia, and yeah, I mean, really just anything. If you look at obesity too, I mean, obesity is kind of a lot of factors to factor that. I mean, you have diet, you have emotional, mental, but if you are very active, like one thing I can tell you just with how just training for weightlifting after having to stay in a weight class. And just one thing I can tell you with my clients, like the more physically active you are, you can eat more food. <laughs> and I mean, that's something I noticed too. Like one thing that's kind of harder for me right now is I've been making sure to get 10,000 steps per day. And I don't think there's really a magical number about the 10,000 steps. It's just a good goal for a lot of people to shoot for. And, I have to really watch my diet a little bit right now because back when I was teaching at the high school level, I'd be walking around the weight room all day. Have I'd have like five or six classes a day walking around the weight room, and then I'd go out to either football or track practice after. And on my phone, it'd sometimes say anywhere from like 18,000 to 24,000 steps. And it seemed like, oh, I can eat so much more and my body composition, my weight would be about the same. And now I'm not doing that. I have to watch if I eat a little bit more or else my body composition, I start to look a little softer and the scale starts to move up a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that is very important uh, for health. Now, I would say at the elite level, health becomes a little bit blurred because at, for the elite athlete, the goal isn't health. The goal is performance. So they're always pushing that line to see what, what, what can they push to to improve without breaking. So I would say elite athletics isn't necessarily healthy because that's not the goal. You're seeing what that line is. But for most people, and like elite athletes too. I mean, once you're at that elite level, that's like a professional athlete. You're basically that's your job. Like twenty-four hours a day is your sport. Where youth athlete, the recreational adult, it's not like that. It's more just physical activity and fun.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And you've you've mentioned the the benefits the variety, increased confidence, um, reducing injury. I think I'm sure it would increase your immune system, overall general health. So how can you support these athletes through your, and tell me the name of the gym you work out of. Big Iron Sports Performance is your
0: business. So I'm based in a gym called Big Mountain Barbell in Midvale. Big Mountain, I've known, so I've known Zach and Lindsay, who have been the owners for quite a while. They're great people. They started their gym in a little small space and eventually moved it to this big building. I'm not sure how big it is, but it, it's a decent-sized gym. Well stocked. I consider it world class as far as what they have. It's mainly catered to, I'd say most of the people that live there are competing in powerlifting. They have some weightlifters like me, some people competing in bodybuilding. And then they also have a bunch of just recreational fitness people as well. But I mean, it's an amazing gym. The atmosphere is awesome. I mean, you know when you go to a gym and people are incur- not only encouraging, but you see, like, world-class feats of strength almost every day. You know that's a place where you can get better.
1: And it's open. Yeah,
0: it's open, too. They they do a good job. They have a schedule, so they have an app where you have to sign up for your time to come in so then the gym doesn't ever get overcrowded. And then they also – have spray bottles with sanitizer and towels that you wipe your equipment off after you're done working with. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's where I work at. And how I help my athletes is really, there's something magical when about in, like seeing what your body can do. I think that's the biggest thing, how I help, whether that's, a uh, high school lacrosse player or that's like a 46-year-old dad. I mean, when you improve what, your, your body's capabilities, it's just so rewarding. And it just improves your confidence. And it's really cool. <laughs> so you are
1: helping them. Maybe they go in with an idea of limits on what their body can do and you help them kind of push those boundaries you help them discover what their body can do
0: yes that's exactly it
1: awesome i love it and i can certainly see the value of it you know they say there there are various types of intelligence and i'd always thought there's physical intelligence i've always admired people who just seem to have a stronger mind body connection they they could throw a ball exactly where they wanted it to go or, and wondered how much of it is gift and how much of it is skill. Would you say both?
0: Yeah, definitely both. There's no doubt to get good at something, you have to work at it. And if you look at athletes, say, in the professional sports leagues or at the very highest levels, they've had to work really hard to get their talent to where it is. But I will say some of it can be genetic too. I mean, that's about something you see that separates some of those, like, high-level college players that maybe once college is over, they're done from the professionals is they're both really good. The professionals, yeah, they worked harder. They have a little bit better skill, but – everyone at that professional level is also kind of a genetic freak. And I've seen some of those. Like when I was coaching at Utah State, I can't remember how many, but there were more than more than a handful have been playing in the NFL. Some there's I think at least a few still playing in the NFL right now. And if you just look at them and just kind of watch what just some of the crazy athletic beats they can perform. I mean I mean they're talented at football. That's how they're playing in the NFL. But and they've worked hard too. Like they didn't they weren't just oh I can um, squat six hundred pounds, bench press four hundred pounds. They didn't start that way, but their genetic ceilings a lot higher, leaving them that opportunity a little bit making it a little bit easier than just your average person. Uh, but, but yeah, I, it's definitely a combination of both. And the one thing that I do think that separates the elite too is that they learn to love the process of working out. And that's something I'd like to try and install with most people I work with too, because you're going to have your days where you feel like you're invincible and you It doesn't matter what's placed in front of you. You can sprint your fastest time. You can lift your heaviest weights. And then you have your other days where you wake up and your body doesn't feel 100%. You're really tired. you stayed up too late. And you honestly don't want to do it. Like, you don't really have any motivation. But the best people are the ones who always just kind of don't care about their feelings in that situation and because they know how important it is to their goal it's like you know i'm not feeling good today but i want this badly enough i'm willing to go through the suffering right now and that's one thing i think that separates them too
1: oh yeah i i agree that just makes a lot of sense and um so You provide services for people in the Salt Lake area?
0: Yep, the Salt Lake area. Um, Yeah, I coach probably most of the people live on the southern end of the valley, but Midvale's basically right in the center. So, I
1: mean,
0: I can't have anyone come in and uh, help them out.
1: And it sounds like you can help the whole family, all ages, Anyone who wants to discover what their body can do, you can help them safely discover that.
0: Yes, I can. Yeah. my Yeah, my process, too, is kind of have progressions and regressions. I don't believe everybody deserves the same program. Everyone's their own individual person. And so... Even though there are some things that might be the same among people, there's slight individual differences where we tweak exercises to better fit a body type or to better fit someone um, developmentally. Like, for instance, if you have, like, a lot of people have this fear of kids lifting weights, there's still this there's still this myth that stunts your growth and all this stuff out there when people like researchers like dr avery fagenbaum has done countless research showing that strength training isn't the problem it's really inappropriate technique and loads like if you can play if you can if you're old enough to pay attention to follow directions then you can strength train and you can strength train heavy, but you have to build yourself to that. So for instance, if I have someone very brand new, it doesn't matter if they're nine years old. It doesn't matter if they're 40 years old, they're going to be very basic, get the fundamentals down, the load that they're lifting it's probably going to be very light and the reason why is because a lot of people too a lot of strength is kind of brute strength sometimes people can just pick things up but if they change their technique to a more efficient technique they'd be able to lift a lot more and so we're really just trying to get the technique and get proper because you want proper movement Like, everything I do is, like, movement-based. Like, there's a movement flaw, then it's not good. Because my goal is to get it to transfer to what their actual goals are. Now, very few people – I mean, I have some people that come to me and be like, hey, I'm looking to compete in a powerlifting meet or a weightlifting meet. Then it's like, their goal is lifting the weight. That's exactly their goal. And other people, it's like, I want to be a better soccer player. I want to be able to hike with my family all weekend without stopping things like that. And then in that situation, it's like, Hey, one thing that always usually helps is getting stronger, but it doesn't help to get stronger. If your posture is in a bad position, your knee is in an awkward position or something like that. So it's always the quality movement that will give the highest transfer. And so we're basically building that movement, we're going through a progression, and as they become more proficient with their technique, you can load them heavier and heavier because it is a skill um, It's not just like, "Oh, I'll just go lift that. If you know the skill, you can get more out of your body than someone who just has no idea how to how to perform it at all,
1: yeah. I love it, I, and then the concept of the physical literacy, how that benefits, you know, children. They're learning lifelong skills. They're increasing their confidence. They're learning to connect with their body and understand it. And then throughout adulthood, and for and as we get older, we still need to maintain that muscle mass. So. Well, I love what you're doing. So how do people, what's the best way for people to contact you?
0: So the best way to contact me is through email. My email is BigIronSportsPerformance at gmail.com. You can also message me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at BigIronSportsPerformance. All right. Thank you so much
1: for your time and sharing your expertise and you have a great
0: day thank you thank you for having me on we have just concluded another episode of in support of families if you enjoyed the show and found it valuable we appreciate you leaving us a review or recommending us to your friends for more helpful resources visit our website at in join us again next week and thanks for listening